Welcome to church. I am so excited to be sharing in this fourth installment of this Bad Advice for Love series. We've gone through, this will be the fourth week of talking about those pieces of bad advice that just seem to linger in our culture and they hang around for generations and they, on the surface they may sound good, but we know that they're just wrong. So let me recap where we've been. So, so we went the first week, we talked about the foolishness of falling in love and Pastor Ben brought home the idea of our intentionality and our covenant being the foundation of a healthy lifelong love. And then we talked about love not being something you keep score with and you're worried about it being fair is that love you go in with a servant's heart. And that's what love is. Last week, Pastor Ben talked about happily ever after being the myth that, hey, you don't just say I do and then you ride off into the sunset. There's life to be lived. There's growth to happen. There's conflict that will arise. And there is a heart of love, a posture of love that we can choose in the midst of the storm. This week, we're talking about what might be the most destructive piece of bad advice. Um, it's the one that I love to debunk the most. It's the one that I can see that if people hold on to it, um, it can really destroy not only their relationship, but their time on earth and uh, leave them hollow. So let's, let's dive into this. Before we do, I'm going to play a game. I'm going to do this in a game style. So I'd like you to uh, participate in this game with me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to act out scenes from two different movies. And here's what's fascinating. Two different movies, 20 years apart. They both have the same piece of bad advice. Okay. The first movie. Now, hold on. When I enact, act out this movie, as soon as you recognize the movie, I want you to shout it out. Shout it out. Just raise your hand and, or no, just yell it. All right. Ready? The first movie is from 1976. And here's the scene. The star is talking to his mentor about a girl that he's fallen for. And he's trying to explain to him the nature of this feeling that he has and why they're connected. And, and here's what the, the mentor says to the, to the lead character. He's in this interaction. He goes, I don't see it. What's the attraction? I don't know. It's all about gaps, I guess. Gaps? You know, I got gaps. She got gaps. Together, we fill gaps. Huh? Did you guess the movie? You're right. Rocky. It's Rocky. That's Polly, his co his uh, boxing coach, and Rocky talking about Adrian. Yo, Adrian. All right. From 1976, the advice is we fill gaps. We fill each other's gaps. Second movie, 1996. This guy is trying to repair a relationship with a woman uh, that he broke and he is just now realizing how much he loves her and how much he needs her. And he bursts into this room with all of her friends in the room and he starts talking to her. And, and he says, starts with this line, he says, we live in a cynical world, a cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You complete me. And I just had, and she says, Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. <laughs> that was my Renee Zellweger impersonation. Yes, you guessed it. 1996. That is the movie Jerry Maguire. But did you see the the, the thing that we, we've clung to as a culture? These one-liners, these uh, I got gaps, you got gaps. And then this one is you complete me. 
That's the myth. That's the idea. But, and today we're going to debunk this fourth piece of bad advice. But there's something that I want to capture here. Something resonates with us, I believe, that when we say you complete me, there's something inside of us that longs for that, isn't there? There's something inside of us that longs for some relationship to complete us. We do feel incomplete at times, don't we? We feel like something's wrong, like deep down at our core, we all have this longing for wholeness, uh, maybe this hollow feeling of disconnection or, or loneliness. Maybe, maybe that's why we go to such great lengths to soothe our pain and discomfort in sometimes unhealthy ways. But we long for this sense of connection and, and belonging. We, we love it when someone gets our corny jokes. Do you hear me? <laughs> we feel a connection when someone shows us acceptance. We feel a connection with someone when we find common ground and similarities and, and that quirky thing about us that they like too or that they accept. C.S. Lewis says, friendship is born at the moment when one man says to another, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. It's universal. And when that acceptance and that connection and that relationship is absent or threatened, we feel incomplete. So it makes sense that the idea and the notion of you complete me would resonate with something so deep inside of us. And I think, I think it boils down to three questions. If you're taking notes, these are three points that we're gonna, just gonna kind of frame the rest of the message today. And it's when these three questions are unanswered, we feel, we feel deeply incomplete. If we don't know how to answer the question, who we are, who are we? We have gaps. We feel incomplete. We have gaps in our purpose. We have gaps in our character. Because our identity and, and who we think we are shape those things. But if we have gaps, we feel incomplete. If we don't know where we're going, this is number two. If we don't know where we are going, we have gaps. The gaps in things like hope and endurance. That's security. If we don't have answers in relation to our security, we have gaps. We feel incomplete. And the third one that I'm, I'm kind of putting out there is purpose. If we don't know what to do, we have gaps in our perspective and our direction. I know that when I'm unsure about these things, I feel like I have gaps. And the idea of someone, some relationship completing me does resonate with me. And I think there's, there's, there's three things that, that these get right. And I just want to acknowledge them and, and ex explain that, that. Let's not throw this all away, but let's acknowledge what this notion of you completely has right. One, we all got gaps. That's true. That's true. We all got gaps. We all feel like we have something in us that is incomplete at times. The second thing that's true is that we long to not have gaps. 
Like we have gaps and we don't just say, okay, I have gaps. We have gaps and we don't want them. <laughs> we don't like them. We know that it is not who we were created to be. We aren't supposed to walk around empty and incomplete with gaps. And the third thing that this catches that I think this is where it just kind of hooks into us is that we feel and we know that a relationship, a relationship is the way to fill those gaps. And that's true. But what they miss, what that whole thing misses is this. And I'm, I'm going to come around it this way. It's the first commandment. Does anyone know the first commandment? There are 10 commandments that God gave to Moses. It's the foundation of our faith. It's, it starts there, the very first one, Exodus 23. You shall have no other gods before me. So we all got gaps. We long to not have gaps. And we need a relationship to fill the gaps. But what God is saying is, have no other gods before me. He's saying, I am the only one who can fill your gaps. I am the only one. God designed us to be in relationship with him. And he designed it so where he is the only one that can truly satisfy our relational needs. Our incompleteness can only be made whole by God. Now, how? Let's get crazy practical here, right? The answer is in the very nature of God. You may have heard the word Trinity before. It's a way to try to explain the three parts of God that are one and three at the same time. It's a mystery, and we're not going to get into that. But uh, let's connect some dots here. God is three and one. That means that God is inherently relational. He is, he represents the perfect relationship, a symbiotic relationship, Father, Son, and Spirit in perfect relationship. God is a relational being and he desires a relationship with us. So we have a need for a relationship. He is a relational God. So that exists. We have God-sized gaps in three areas. And God, only God, can help us fill those gaps. Identity, security, and purpose. So let's start with identity, right? Let's start with identity. What does God say about our identity? First, the very first thing is Isaiah 43, 9. It says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. We are his. First and foremost, we belong to God. And that's the most important thing. You know, as a dad, I quickly realized that my kids were given way more why questions than I had answers. <laughs> and uh, I ran out of answers. And Oftentimes when it came to uh, questions of why, when it comes to character and morality and why we do things and why we don't do things, I would end with this. I would say, well, that's what millers do. Why do we serve in the community? Well, that's what millers do. Why do we give to those who are in need? Well, that's what millers do. Why don't we fight? Millers don't do that. So we were able to shape because of their identity and who they are, I am the father of the Millers, and this is what Millers do. You belong to this family, you belong to the Miller family, and this is what the Miller family does. Now, strangely, that seemed to be enough oftentimes, where that just rests in there. Okay, well, that's who I am. And that's what God does for us. He calls us into relationship with him, where he says, you are mine, and I am yours, and because of that, there's certain things that we do and don't do, and you will find that that is satisfying 
that 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 is enough. He is our Father. He is the foundation of our security and our identity. And that helps us with purpose and character. The second thing is security. Now, if you notice identity, we're talking about God the Father giving us our identity. Security is where am I going? John 10, 28 says this, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. We have no fear of our eternal future. We do not have to fear that because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, the second part of the Trinity. Jesus secured our eternity in heaven. He died to reconcile us back to a relationship with God, to assure our salvation and eternal security. That gives us peace in our hope and our endurance. Now, the third one is our purpose. What do I do? And, and a little bit of how do I do it, right? Um, since God, we are God's children and our eternity is secure, what do we do between now and the time Jesus comes? Well, we are God's agents to bring God's kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. When we, we have to live on this earth in a way where our purpose is to love and to sacrifice and to serve and to bring God's kingdom to earth. Since we are God's children, our eternity is secured by Jesus. Um, our mission, our purpose is to do what our Father leads us to do, what Jesus models for us to do, and what the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. And that's to live in a spirit of, of, of God on earth. So we are uh, faithful to serve, to sacrifice, to love. And that's going to take some power inside of us to die to ourselves and to put God's kingdom above our own and to and to replace the things that we have on the throne with God our relationship with the Holy Spirit allows us to be free to love to be free to do what a heart that's been transformed by Jesus wants to do a heart that's been transformed by Jesus wants to love wants to serve wants to sacrifice a heart that's been transformed by Jesus wants to do that in a certain way. And that's Matthew 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit, right? The result of having the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what your heart wants to do. A heart that's transformed, this is what it wants to do. And that gives you perspective and direction that purpose so our relationship with the holy spirit completes us in that way so we are made complete by god father son and spirit if we take any of those identity security and purpose and bring the expectation of filling them like if we have gaps in those things and we take those to someone and expect another human relationship to fulfill a God-sized gap, that relationship will crumble. Human relationships aren't designed to carry the weight of God-sized gaps. God-sized gaps crush human relationships. So when God says in the first commandment, have no other gods before him, it's not because he's an egomaniac, it's because he's loving and he's caring and he knows that the gaps that we have can only be filled by relationship 
with him and he loves us and he knows nothing that he created can fill the gap he designed for him to fill a gap that only he can fill he's the only one this is why we're constantly inviting people to a relationship with god through jesus in the power of the holy spirit now let's look at uh quickly at first john chapter 4. john shares some basic truths about our relationship with god but let's start at verse 4 in first john chapter 4. Uh, go ahead and turn there in your on your devices or in your bibles first john chapter 4 verse 4 and as i go through this i'm going to pause and show you how clearly and distinctly uh, john here calls out our identity our security and our purpose okay four four but you belong to god my dear children you see the identity there we belong to god okay you have already won a victory that's our security we've already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater that's our purpose we have the spirit in us that lives in us and it's greater than the spirit who lives in the world our purpose is to overcome the world those people belong to this world so they speak from a world's viewpoint and the world listens to them verse 6 but we belong to god there's your identity we belong to god and those who know god listen to us if they do not belong to god they do not listen to us this is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception another identity verse 7 dear friends let us continue to love one another purpose did you catch that the spirit inside of us empowers us to continue to love one another for love comes from god even even identities implied in that in that we are we are god's children inherit and we inherit his love we are given his love anyone who loves is a child of god identity and knows god but anyone who does not love does not know god for god is love god showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him there's our security do you see we got father holy spirit son father son spirit verse 10 this is real love not that we loved god but that he loved us security and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins security dear friends since god loved us that much identity loved by god right we surely ought to love each other purpose holy spirit no one has ever seen god but if we love each other god lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us that's our purpose you can continue on and i encourage you continue to do this in chapter four because this is a perfect explanation of what we're doing it goes all the way through verse 19 and you can continue on to verse five and it does this too and just just go ahead and write in your bibles and just look for identity purpose and security and the reason why i want to pull this out and bring this all together is this it is true that we have gaps and we feel incomplete it is true that we have need that is true that's why these things resonate with us because they're resonating with a truth inside of us but to make us complete to fill those gaps that privilege that place belongs to god and he loves us so much he will not give it up 
So when Jesus says, I'm the way, truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but by me, that's one of the most loving statements. When God says the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me, that's one of the most truthful, loving, caring, tender, gentle commands. God in his triune nature is the only relationship we can have that makes us complete. I, I, I am proud to say that in my marriage, I am fourth place in Heather's life. <laughs> I'm honored to say I'm number four. I'm number four because her first three relationships are with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that allows us to have a joyful marriage, a joyful relationship that is what God intended. That we're not putting God burdens on each other to make us whole, to make us complete, to make us secure, to tell us who we are. But our relationship with the, with the person of God the triune nature of God makes us complete and makes us whole. I'm going to reread 1 John 4, 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. If you're feeling incomplete, if you're feeling you have gaps, if you've given that privilege of, of filling those gaps and making you complete over to a human and maybe they've hurt you, maybe they've crushed you, maybe they've disrespected you, um, abandoned you, I want you to know there is a relationship you can have with a God who will never leave you or forsake you, with a God who will sacrifice and serve and get, lay down his life for you, and a God that will be with you every day to comfort you and advocate for you and give you power and strength to carry on until we see Jesus face to face. The blessed assurance of our relationship with God through Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can truly complete us. So here's the big idea. The only way to be complete is in relationship with God. We want to invite you to make a decision to follow Jesus today. Maybe you've been um, kind of checking out church. Maybe you've been around church for a long time, but you've never come to that decision to say, I am going to let my spirit lead my life and I'm going to make my spirit follow Jesus. <laughs> if that's you, we are so glad you're here. You are uh, a joy, and we are excited to help you navigate life and your spiritual journey. We want to be here for you to help you and to resource you and equip you and to walk this journey with you. You're not alone. God loves you. He is with you, and he is for you. I want to thank you for uh, listening and, and being a part of this series, Bad Advice for Love. Um, God bless you. That's it. God bless you.